Hey, what's up, everyone? Happy Friday. I was going through my phone the other day, just kind of deleting some voice memos, and I came across this podcast episode that I recorded when I was driving out to Gunnison last month, and I wanted to share it with you all. It just has some thoughts on why fire bans are put into place from the Forest Service. One of the hydrologists from uh, the Forest Service actually talked to me over the summer this past year as to why the Stage 2 fire bans were in effect for Colorado even after it rained a bunch. So I thought the conversation was rather interesting and I wanted to share those details with you guys. And then also I explain about winter camping and the different hardwoods that I use and kind of some theories and and best practices that I do with the stove in order to make sure that you don't freeze out there because a lot of people think that just because you have a stove in your tent that should be good to go but you, maintenance on the stove is key and making sure that your stovepipe is clean and that you're using the right types of wood that's just essential to making sure that your winter camping endeavors are successful and comfortable because like for example if you use a bunch of softwoods and uh you know you go to bed with say pine inside your your firebox and your and your stove for your for your tent you'll wake up after about an hour and the stove will be puttering out and the heat will be dissipating and it'll get cold but if you use hardwoods such as say like black walnut or hedge or oak or something like that granted it takes a long time for that wood to get started because it's a much denser wood but once it burns it burns hot and it burns real long so understanding the kind of the the properties of wood and how they burn is going to make your winter camping endeavors really that much more enjoyable so this podcast is pretty short it's only about 15 minutes but I go over a little bit of information and then I, I welcome anybody that wants to have me cover anything about winter camping or if you've got any questions or if you've got a personal story about winter camping I'd love to share it on the podcast so Go ahead and send me some sort of audio file if you'd like. You can email me. My email address is brian at coloradobackcountryadventures.com. Or you can just shoot me a message on text or, or uh, I'm, I'm sorry, not on text, but on social media, whether it's through YouTube or Facebook or Twitter, all that stuff. Just look for Colorado Backcountry Adventures and all my contact information is on there. So let's go ahead and, and dive into this. Like I said, it's a short episode, so it'd be perfect for just a maybe a, a short commute to work or from work. And I hope you guys have a great start to your weekend. Thanks. All right, I am currently on the road. I am passing through Coaldale, Colorado at the moment. It's so awesome. I haven't really seen much snow until I turned the corner to come into Coaldale and all the Sangreta Cristos came into view and they're covered in snow right now, which is a great sign this early in the season to see that much snowfall and snow accumulation up in the mountains. So I'm hoping this winter has a lot more snowfall than the, than the previous one. Last winter it was just, it was brutal. It was, re- there was very little snowfall and um, as a result of it, there were fire bans all this all this past summer, and all of the creeks where I normally go to to fish early season, none of them were flowing very good. Uh, I think that the majority of the creeks were flowing at least they were at least down um, at least fifty percent, if not more, than their normal flow. So you know you got to think about that when it comes to the water that is typically 
harvested and you know sent to the front range like the Denver areas for drinking and for drinking water and stuff like that um, when there's that little of, of snow accumulation that takes place when the snow melt does happen the the whole ecosystem gets screwed up like it's it's all out of whack and I noticed it when I'd be in the backcountry I'd just be like man these areas I mean there's the the fish aren't normally where they're at because lots of times they'll swim upstream when the snow melt starts to happen they weren't there the fish weren't there um, the wildlife I think it probably had an impact on them too because their normal watering holes weren't there some of the areas that normally are a bit swampy uh, like you've got some areas where like along the slide lake trail 4x4 trail that there's all these meadows that have water in them well none of them had water this past season and so this year I'm hoping that with the snow accumulation that's showing up early season that it just a sign of you know of good things to come because we definitely could use a massive amount of snowfall and get everything back on track for next year I, I learned something interesting from the forest service this past season when all the fires were going on and the, the fire bans were in place we went from stage one fire ban to stage two fire ban stage two fire ban means literally no fires whatsoever no chainsaw use and uh, no shooting guns on public land because even just a spark could start a fire and the reason why it was so dangerous is because the humidity levels were down in the single digits. And so when that happens, the, all of the tinder, the deadfall and everything gets extremely dried out. And it doesn't, it, that, the, that humidity level has to rise back up to at least like 25 to 30% and stay that way for at least a month in order for the, the uh, dry tinder on the ground to absorb that moisture and get back to the point to where just a simple spark you know, won't ignite it. And so that was the reason this past summer, you know, a lot of people were complaining in Colorado, like, oh, these fire bands suck and they're taking, they're not, they're not lifting them and it's bullshit and everything. It's like, well, there was a reason for that. And it wasn't because the forest service was being stingy. They, they did it because the humidity levels were so low. And I, I learned that from the county hydrologist, um, this guy named Cheston, he's a real cool guy. And he, he was the one that would go around and, and call all the water rights for the individual creeks that flow down out of the mountains that and the springs and everything you know he he was explaining to me uh, when i saw him in the middle part of summer he's like now i asked him i was like hey what why are the um, why are the why are the fire bands in place and for for such a long duration of time and he's like you know the humidity levels are so low we can't we can't say okay you can have a fire you can have fires again in either dispersed camping sites or or normal campgrounds because all it takes is just one spark when, when it's this dry and the fires will just ignite up and then he's, he's like with the, with the humidity being as low as it is and the, and the tinder being so incredibly dry those those fires would just spread extremely fast and they wouldn't be able to get a handle on it so they did that for uh, I think the fire ban was pretty much all summer at the for the majority of the national forest now I know in Chafee County the county sheriff lifted the fire ban before what was it how oh, he's getting mixed up i don't know if it's memorial day or labor day the, the, it's that last last holiday of the summer that last three-day holiday weekend he lifted it for that and i i honestly think that was for political reasons because he was running for re-election and when he lifted the fire ban he's like all right chafee county's open for business and it's like all right dude let's let's hope that no fires come and then luckily later on that you know in the fall we got a ton of rain so uh so that's cool but man, I'm coming around the corner here, and I just the, the Sawatch Mountain Range, the the uh, where the Collegiate Peaks are at, like the southern portion of it, just came into view, and there is a ton of snow on those 14ers. So this is extremely encouraging. I'm glad to see this because 
you, know, you don't want to have it to where the conditions are so dry that you know one spark or one accident causes a forest fire. So this is this is excellent. I'm very very encouraged. So, um, but as I said in uh, the the previous episode, I'm just heading to heading to Gunnison County for this winter. I'm going to winter camp out there and help my friend Mark out with um, some improvements to the off-grid ranch where, where my buddy Craig is staying at, you know, the co-host of the podcast here. And I'll probably bounce back and forth between staying in the tent and then staying in the ranch house because if we're doing a bunch of projects at the ranch house, um, you know, I may just kind of, if it's a long day or whatever, I'll probably just crash there. And then I do want to do a, a couple, two, three solid weeks in the tent and just have that whole experience again because it sure is fun to to get out there and and you know use the stove and ride out some really cold temperatures and and then I, I get up in the morning I cook these incredible meals and listen to podcasts so it's a very relaxing way to spend a winter and I, I don't want to have it to where you know like the past few winters when I was doing the trail work with uh, with that company I was affiliated with before all that fraud went down um, I. I uh, would would have win- meetings all winter long and stuff like that. I don't want to do that. You know, I just want to focus on creating content. I want to focus on explaining this lifestyle and kind of giving people a, an eye into it to see if they want to perhaps experience it themselves. And, and also just give people a, a break from from whatever they're going through. You know, I've got some friends that are going through some insanely hard stuff with some, some of their family members are sick with uh, life-threatening illnesses. And maybe this podcast is a way for them to to kind of take a mental break from that and I, I sure hope it is because I cannot imagine experiencing what, what they're going through it just you know I, I it's just it's just just rough so um, but to those of you out there that are you know interested in winter camping hit me up on on my website I've got a contact form on my about page and my website's coloradobackcountryadventures.com and I'd, I'd love to answer any questions or if you have anything that you are specifically interested in or want me to, or like some gear that you want me to try out, then, you know, hit me up. If you're, um, if you're interested in something like that, I'd be happy to do a review and, and kind of just talk about how things are out here because, you know, I've learned a lot by winter camping and a lot of it is just, you know, basic things that, that you get through experience, such as like how to layer up and make combat the cold and how to run your stove so that you can get long burns out of it and how different hardwoods react to being in the stove and you know how you got to clean your stove every week a lot of people don't realize that you got to clean your stove pipe at least every week if not more frequently than that and that'll help keep your stove running at an optimum level because you got to think when you're when you're burning wood like that it's creating um like the the curacao and and the the uh, ash will will go, will go up out of the stovepipe, but then it coats the interior of the stovepipe, and then it insulates the stovepipe to where the stovepipe doesn't get warm anymore. So you you actually some of those some of those heating properties that you want from your stove it becomes less and less effective the the more you use it. So cleaning it all the time is essential, and I'll do a video on that and explain what I do to, to clean my stove and make sure it continues to run at an optimum level and. Uh, I'm gonna get. I'm gonna test out some different hardwoods this winter. This past uh, past two two or three winters that I've been out winter camping, I would use for my hardwoods. I'd use either black walnut or cedar. Cedar is more of like a medium hardwood, like I was explaining in the, in the last podcast. Black walnut is a definite hardwood, but it's you know it, that takes a while to get that going. And when, but once you get it going, man, it burns hot and it burns long. I've had 
I've had some some burns with the the black walnut that would be in the five and a half to six hour range, which is pretty good. So I'm going to test out some different types of hardwoods. Hopefully I can find a wood broker that has like hedge or oak or any sort of other hardwoods that would be really, really, um, you know, provide a really long burn. So going to do that and um, probably do a little bit more winter camping in my truck so I can really dial it in and and make sure that the topper slide out extension has uh, has some good insulation properties, so I can ride out pretty much any conditions. Because I, what I would like to do is possibly get like a smaller four season tent set up. And I was looking at this tent company. It's Ellis Ellis uh, Canvas Tents out of Gunnison, or I'm sorry, out of Durango, Colorado. And the the guy out there, I've been bouncing emails back and forth with them. At first, I was looking at this really lightweight canvas tent when I say lightweight, you know, you got to keep in mind canvas is pretty heavy and the, the tent weighs 28 pounds, which if you compare that to my current setup, what's up girl? Sierra's in the back seat adjusting herself or adjusting the seat back there. Anyway, um, the, the tent, you know, a lot of people say, oh my gosh, 28 pounds, that's a lot. Well, compare that to 130 pounds, which is what my current setup is, you know, with the stove. So you can get like a backpacking style titanium, uh, uh, stove that can go with uh, the lighter weight canvas tent that this this guy's making, and the stove will weigh roughly about thirty ounces. And so, what's that? Two pounds? I don't even know. Maybe it's one pound. I don't even know. I'm, I'm tired right now. I can't. I can't remember what, how many ounces are in a, in a pound. But anyway, I think it's like seven, or. 28 ounces in a, in a pound so it'd be like a little over a pound and then you know 28 pounds for the tent itself so you're looking at all in under under 30 pounds which is what one third of what i'm currently using and the setup time would be much less as well because it's a smaller tent and then i would i would ditch the cot that i have and obviously the, the, the current stove that i'm using that thing's a beast it's awesome because it's you know it, it works really well but it just weighs an absolute ton so what I would do is uh, uh, get like a some sort of floor mat that has really good insulation properties, and then get a different sleeping sleeping bag, and and test that out because I'd like to have it to where I could have a hip sled and then attach that to my hip and drag the gear behind me and use snowshoes or cross country skis and then really get into the backcountry super far and experience what it would be like to to backpack and winter camp in, in the in the dead of winter. So I'm going to see if I can get something like that set up and then test that out this winter. And if, if I can't do it this winter, then I'll do it next winter because I'm not really sure exactly what the entire workload was going to be at the at the ranch since we're going to do a lot of remodeling of the interior and some extra projects in the in the shop. So I, I'm super excited to have access to a shop all winter. I'm planning on doing some different things to my truck. Uh, first and foremost, finally going to dial in that secondary battery, which will be a game changer because then I could use the... Um, inverter that I have to power and the secondary battery to power a, a small heating blanket and oh, that's cool man I got a huge elk in the back of his truck I, I look forward to one day of uh, getting into hunting and, and I want to get an elk to uh to have that meat for you know like a year and, and use that um, anyway sidetrack there uh, I want to um I want to do that secondary battery because then I can power um electric blanket and if you put an electric blanket on the bottom like on you know to on the, like the, the floor of your tent topper and then or your truck bed and then 
have that radiant heat coming up all night long, I think that that would be a really great way just to keep the, the cold at bay and provide a, a really warm space in there without having to run like a little tiny backpacking stove from time to time because that, that kicks off like CO2. And, you know, if, you're in, if it gets warm in there and say so you just accidentally fall asleep without turning it off, I mean, that could potentially be deadly. And I don't want to do that. So, and I, I was thinking about maybe punching a hole in the slide out extension and seeing if I could make a, a little area for a backpacking stove. But once again, I don't want to fall asleep in such a small space with a, a fire, even though it'd be in a box. Oh, that's why the river was so muddy. There's somebody down here doing a bunch of work. And the, they got a big old backhoe and they're dredging up the Arkansas River. So anyway, um, but that's pretty much an update that I, I wanted to provide everybody with uh, with what I'm doing this winter. I'm really excited for the change of pace. I kind of got sick of being in, in Chafee County, not, not, not because it's boring or anything, but it's like I kind of did everything there and know the area really well, which is great for when I want to return to see friends and you know camp from time to time but i think overall i was just ready for a change of pace and um just gonna like i said focus on creating content for everybody this winter and um you know just kind of go from there so if you uh back to what i was saying if you've got any winter camping stuff that you want me to cover or if you've got any questions or any gear that you have questions on hit me up via email and that email address is you can either go through the contact page on my website or you can just do it direct it's it's brian with an i so b-r-i-a-n at colorado backcountryadventures.com and i'm gonna i've got an unlimited data plan now on my cell phone so i'll be i'll be much more plugged in this winter compared to past winters when i would sometimes i wouldn't check email for a week which is kind of nice i mean you know the, the mental break from that is fantastic but then i check email i'll be like oh man i got like all these people to respond to and some some of the responses fell through the cracks so i apologize to anybody i didn't get back to but uh you know thanks for your support everybody i I really appreciate all the great positive feedback i get from y'all and uh uh, you know website continue to work on that and really get it dialed in so that when people go to it they can get a full a full understanding of what i've been up to and, and also hopefully the content's interesting i seem to have pretty good stats on the site and they continue to increase so it tells me i'm doing something something right so um, but anyway have a great start to your week and let's see what's today it's well i guess it's wednesday so it's middle middle part of the week <laughs> i thought it was monday <laughs> oh, life on the road <laughs> never dull so thanks for tuning in and i'm gonna sign off now and head into salida and get, get some supplies before i head over to gunnison so I'll talk to you later. Thanks.